0: This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCube, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. You know, we're all about the good things on this channel and you should also know that I'm all about good TV and good dockies. It's my favorite. This is why this week I'm bringing you front row seats, actually a more behind the scenes look at the newest streaming service that has landed on South African shores. Yes, avid South African TV fans can now binge watch the best of British programming all in one place as subscription video on demand service BritBox has officially launched locally as of Friday, the 6th of August with exciting new and exclusive titles such as Line of Duty Season 6, Professor T, and Wedding of the Century, plus thousands of hours of classic content and family favorites will be at our fingertips after taking the united states uk canada and australia by storm and with over two million global subscriptions britbox is bringing local consumers a wide range of top quality viewing including the biggest collection of british box sets courtesy of a joint venture between british television powerhouses bbc and itv responsible for some of TV's most iconic moments. To chat about this incredible new streaming service, we're joined by Neil Dennett, the New Markets Launch Director of BritBox International, and Kent Gavin, a British photojournalist whose images have featured consistently on newspaper and magazine covers throughout the world. Kent is actually going to give us an insider look to the wedding of the century. Neil, Kent, welcome to the Good Things Guy Jackpot. Hi, Prince.
1: Thanks no, for no, having so, me. It's great so, to be here. It's great.
0: So I'm really excited that Britbox, I I called it a new streaming service, but it's actually not, right?
1: That's right, yes. We launched in America first, actually, in the US about four years ago, and shortly after that in Canada. A couple of years ago, we launched in the UK, and in November last year, we launched in Australia. So South Africa will actually be our fifth territory. It's exciting because
0: I I feel like sometimes it can feel like South Africans are being left behind in sort of content and and what's being shared around the world. So it's exciting that we've been added into um, your territories. But before we sort of get into what
1: shows will be on it, what exactly is BritBox? So BritBox it is basically the biggest and best collection of British TV all in one place. So what we do, we're a, a joint venture between the BBC and ITV. So they um jointly own us and that's great because that means we can bring together all that great BBC and ITV content and from their catalogues together into one video on demand um service. And then we add other content that to that to really curate what we think is the best of British content all in one place. So it's available to view on a range of devices on demand, and we'll have the whole seasons and back catalogue of a huge range of thousands of of programmes to to, to watch and binge watch at your leisure uh, across connected TVs, mobile devices, your laptop you know however you like so i mean that was one thing
0: about south africans is that we've grown to love british tv we've had it around for years on on various platforms and now we're getting this this brit box which is a whole streaming service where everything can live um what sort of shows are we going to look forward to coming to south africa
1: so what we're most excited about is, is actually the new shows and the new exclusive shows we'll be bringing into the country for the first time so we have um, we'll be adding new programs um, after launch every week and every month going forward. So off the back of um, the biggest shows that are playing out in, in the UK, we'll be bringing them across to South Africa as fast as we can. Also a launch where we'll we will be having some of those to showcase because we know that South African audiences have missed out on some great shows in the last year. I think an example is, is Line of Duty where we'll have, it's a big TV police drama series that's been very popular in, in the UK and There's been now six seasons, so we'll be bringing the sixth season to South Africa exclusively for the first time. That season played out recently on the BBC, and it was actually the biggest drama to date in in the UK so far this century um, on live TV in the UK. And and it's really a a great show. And we're really excited to be bringing that uh, to South African audiences at launch.
0: So speaking about content leads us into my next question, which is directed at Kent Gavin. Kent, before we get into The Wedding of the Century, an incredible documentary that you were not only a part of, but actually attended that wedding. I guess for our listeners, first off, how did you get into photography? And secondly, what I'm quite interested in is, did you think that you would ever become a royal photographer?
2: Well, Brent, it's... Um... It's quite a long story, but I'll try and edit it down. I went into, into Fleet Street, uh, in quotes, to, to train to become a photographer. I mean, I, I was interested as a kid. My mother bought me a box brownie. I was always inter- interested in photography. And I went through the system with a Fleet Street press agency called Keystone, uh, where I joined as a runner boy running news and feature pictures around to newspapers who would publish those pictures and pay them for them subsequently. And then I I learned my trade there. But uh, it was a long way from what I wanted to, at that stage, be involved in royal photography full time. That was only Diana that got me into that. Trying to rush along on the career, um, I went on a tour to Ethiopia and Sudan to cover a trip of the Queen and Prince Philip. And the, uh, I represented Keystone Press Agency and the other eight agencies of Fleet Street which pulled our pictures, and during that time, the royal photographer of the Daily Mirror, a lovely man called Freddie Reed, was sent home from the tour with gallstone problems. As a result of that, the Daily Mirror ran all my pictures from from my agency, and subsequently, I got the job. But being involved in Royals was only; it was part of just being involved in in uh, photojournalism. I mean, I during my career. At the Daily Mirror, before I got into the Royals, and we're we'll going to that in a moment, I've won the British Press Photographer of the Year three times and the World News Speech Photographer of the Year once, covering major news events from Vietnam to the troubles in Ireland. I used to spend up to six weeks in Hollywood photographing A-listers, and it was only as a result of this beautiful young girl coming on who was going to change the history of the monarchy in this country that I I, I got involved in it on a full-time basis. But even then, I didn't start out to do that. I, I was called in by the editor of The Mirror one morning, and he said, we're, we're getting rumours that there's a beautiful young lady, might be the new Queen of England, down in Knightsbridge, just of Chelsea, called Lady Diana Spencer, and we'd like you to go down and have a look at it. Well, at that stage, after winning all those awards, um, I thought it was a little bit below the pay grade to, to go on doorstep, which is what we called that, standing on doorsteps, photographing people walk from a door to a car. But that on that first, that's how I first met Diana. And then, of course, the rest, we'll talk about, no doubt, it's history.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, in, in the actual documentary, The Wedding of the Century, you speak right in the beginning of that documentary about how Lady Diana really did change your life and your career.
2: It was interesting because the amount of interest in, in, it was showing for the media in such, plus uh, the early days of television, you know you 're talking about an eighteen year old beautiful young blonde girl who is probably going to be the next queen of England. Nobody knew at that stage how big this story was going to become and our I say our dynamo and our relationship and friendship never started there. It came even it was even after the wedding of the century when we got to, we got onto personal talks and chats and friendship and and everything else and being chosen to do the, the christening of Prince William at the palace, which was a great honour. I got on particularly well with Diana. I always did, and I I guess the the friendship got involved. But you have to think, going back to those days, and you've got to—we'll talk about the wedding in a moment. When you go back to those days, the coverage of the royals in tabloids or even the broadsheet newspapers was pretty well stuck in the Victorian era. It it was official images, pictures on official trips, etc. I mean. This young, beautiful young girl changed the monarchy per se. And I was fortunate enough to move along in history to be part of that. When,
0: when I look from afar and we sort of look at photos of, of the royal family and, and specifically Lady Diana, she seemed to always have an incredible presence. Was it like that in real life as well?
2: Oh, absolutely. She was a beautiful with those big blue eyes. You can never take a, a bad picture of her, Brent. Those beautiful big blue eyes, that blonde hair. And also she had a great sense of humour, Diana, which came along you know, much later. I mean, we get on moving on to the wedding, which is what we're talking about. I mean, as I was chief photographer of the Daily Mirror and the Royal Photographer, I had the choice of where I wanted to be on the uh, 45 official passes, which were issued from Buckingham Palace all the way on the route down to St. Paul's Cathedral. I chose to go inside despite the position was not as good as which I would have liked to have been. But I was there, witness in history, and I think I mentioned in the in the film. I mean, I only wish I'd have known then the position that I had that Camilla, Susan, George, and a few of Charles' exes were right opposite, maybe. But we, all oh, that came out much later in Einstein, of course.
0: Talking about the wedding of the century, what what was
2: it like being there in that moment? Well, it was a great time to be. You've got to remember at that time in in this country. There was a recession. There was unemployment. The country was really in a bad, bad way. And this wedding, actually on that day, that beautiful day, lifted the hearts of everybody in the country, which you can see in the by the crowds and everything else. I mean, what we didn't know was the sadness that was in Diana's eyes. And I could see that when she was walking down the aisle, the position I had through the veil. And you've got to remember, Brent, and which we only know much later, that she tried to call this wedding off the day before because of what she found out about Camilla. And it was only her sister that said, it's too late now, duck. Your face are on the tea towels, you ought to go through with it. And, you know, can you imagine what she felt like when she walked down and saw Camilla on the other side of the aisle? But all this came out much later.
0: Oh, wow. You sort of worked with the royal family for most of your career. Um, the some- oh, yeah
2: indeed. Um, Diana, I spent 18 years with her. That was not my intention. I mean, I was quite a high-rated photojournalist in what I was set on to do, but the amount of interest that, and the story that was being created by Diana uh, and, the, uh, and the amount of space it was going into the newspaper, I spent all that time with her. And also, Brent, it's worth pointing out that every newspaper and TV crews at that time too because of the interest, appointed a royal photographer and a royal correspondent to be in full touch, full time with Charles and Diana and the rest of the royal family, of course. But so that's from there, you know, they got to know you on a first name basis and and you moved along pro rata.
0: It's absolutely incredible, and I would imagine for many photographers that would be a dream come true to work so close with the royal family and to be in that position. What are some of the best memories for you with regards to covering the royal
2: family? I've got so many stories. I could tell about Diana I mean, in my early. I can recall. Uh, I remember, Diana sometimes told us stories that she wanted out in the media. I can remember on one occasion I went to watch the Phantom of the Opera at the Haymarket Theatre with my partner. And as I'm standing at the bar, Graham Smith, who was the Royal Protection Officer at that time with Diana, came back to me and said, Ken, what are you doing here? And I said, well, Graham, I don't think you're interested in opera, but I am. Is she here? And he said, can I see your tickets, Ken? And I showed him to him and he he laughed. He went away, came back and he said, have fun. And when I sat down, Diana was sitting in front of me and we had a lot in the chat and she was talking to Gloria and my partner and she said to me, Ken, do you realise tomorrow my husband will not be at Prince William's first day at school. And I I had a Pardon what are you telling me? She said, no, he snowed in in Sandringham. Well, I I found that hard to believe that Prince of Wales couldn't get down in some way or another. But she told me that story and I I left during the interval and went up and phoned the mirror and followed the story. And of course that was the splash the next day, Charles Mrs William's first day at school. There were others that were friendly things. I can remember on a trip to, to Egypt, we needed Diana to pose between the Giza pyramids. And uh Ken Morphy was the Royal Protection Officer that so I did, I'm telling these stories of the banter that we had. Yeah. Um he came over and said she's not gonna do it, Ken. It's she said it's too chocolate boxy, don't wanna do it. I said, Can I go and have a word with it? She said, yeah, go and have a word. So I went across. And I said, Listen, ma'am. I said, No, ma'am, those pyramids are one of the seven wonders of the world, and you're the eighth we need you to pose for it and she said well i'm not going to turn that down i might have Gabs. she called me Gabs, and that we got that famous picture of her standing between looking all coy i mean it, there were many stories of trips to pakistan when she was having a chat when the wedding when the marriage was going wrong we we built up a, a, a position of trust and fun and um I, you know i was surprised as any when um uh, she and Charles and the Queen approved, of course, for me to do the wedding. Uh, the uh, sorry, the christening of, of William, which was uh, an unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, you almost were, or you could say that you were part of the family. You were there for all these historical moments uh, that we could watch as as the global public, but also you were part of the family at these intimate moments. Christine. Yeah, indeed.
2: yeah, it, it was it was history in the making, and um, when I look back in hindsight I, on many of it, Brent, I you. you I wish we'd have known a lot more then, and we found out later. You know what with the, the Bashir interview and and the Andrew Morton book, all these things which really were, you could understand why she got bulimia and anorexia when you thought all the, what all this young lady was was going through.
0: Well, I'm certainly looking forward uh, to watching The Wedding of the Century, Kent. And and more so, all of the other incredible um, documentaries, box sets, series. Neil, what are some of the things in your catalogue that South Africans can look forward to?
1: Yeah, so there'll be lots that um, audiences might recognise already. Shows like Vera and Endeavour and Grantchester. We'll have all the back catalogue of those shows and Doc Martin. And alongside as you say, the back catalog you'll be able to watch all this all the seasons back from the very beginning, and then we'll be adding in the latest seasons to those as they come along in the next few months so uh, we'll have thousands of, thousands of programs and hours of programs on the service and lots of lots of full box sets um to enable you to do that
0: this is i mean this is exactly where we're going the, to have content available to you that you could watch. Almost instantly. And and the content you're looking for that's being delivered to you. What sort of price are we looking at in South Africa?
1: So in South Africa, we, we think it, it's going to be great value. So it's ninety-nine Rand ninety nine a month for a monthly subscription. You can join at any time and, and before you commit to subscribing, we're offering a seven day free trial to try it out and watch whatever you want for seven days and make sure it's the right service for you. But then you can subscribe on a monthly basis and you can, there's no contract, so you can drop out at any time if if you like. And for even better value for money, we're offering uh, the opportunity to subscribe for 12 months for the price of 10. So you can pay 999 rand um up front and, and get a full year streaming. Kent, before
0: I let you go, I've got one more question from the Good Things Guy readers. when I let them know that I'd be interviewing you, they they all wanted to know, as a photojournalist, have you been to South Africa? And if so, what did you love most about the country?
2: Oh cool I've said I have, yeah. Well I I mean obviously Cape Town was my one of my favorite visits. I mean I can before I got involved on the Royals, Brandon or not, the mirrors sent me to Cape Town. Because they thought Lord Lucan had been sighted down there. That was the sort of stories I was covering before I got involved in the Royals. I spent two weeks down there. And then we had a trip with um, Charles, who, do you recall, when um, he brought Harry, Harry there? Yeah, no, I, I, I love the country. Yeah, it's unbelievable.
0: I want to thank you both for joining me today. I'm excited to watch the shows, um, especially the Royal stuff. I'm a big royal fan, and I want to thank you for for bringing the service to South Africa. Neil, if South Africans want a little bit more information, they want to apply to get the streaming service, where do they go?
1: www.bitbox.com is basically the place to go. But you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at BitboxZA. And then there'll be lots of information through those social media channels about new content we'll be releasing over time. That's it for this week. Good things in the TV world, the British
0: TV world, with a streaming service that is available right now in South Africa. I want to thank both my guests for joining me today. I'm off to make a cup of tea and to go watch a bit of British TV on BritBox.